The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.bluecloverTherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. Ready for some morning banter? Yeah, I'm ready for some morning banter. I think this might cause a fight. Oh, good. But you look tired today. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) You look kind of tired today. I'm always tired. I know. My life is... Is, uh, Cause you get up, you get up for like four, uh, four nineteen, four nineteen. Yeah, I get up at five thirty. You get up at four nineteen. Yep. on your work days to get in early and do your morning routine, right? Which I love, which you love, but, but I'm it's pretty really tired. tiresome. Yeah, so I know why. Oh, because all the not all, but a bunch of famous and productive people throughout history did one thing during the day that you're not doing. Eat snacks. Need they all eat snacks? Everybody eats snacks. <laughs> Every productive, non-productive, big, tall. The world. The world eats snacks. Okay. We don't need to worry about that. We got that covered. Got it. What do they do during the day? They take naps. Oh. And it's highly effective for your brain, as we're going to talk about today. Yes. Yep. It really is. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Ty. I am Jesse. And today we're talking about the successful habit of naps. Yeah. Can you nap? Oh, I nap all the time. Do you really? Yeah, it's a firefighter thing. Oh, I guess the firefighters nap. Well, we're, I, up, we're up during the night a lot. Yes, yeah. So we take these, you know, we take some quick naps when we naps. can. I'm going to call them kitty cat naps. Kitty cat naps. Kitty That's what we naps. call them too. Yeah. On the fire station. And do you purr at each other? Mm-hmm, a little bit. So it depends <laughs> on our mood. So <laughs> No, I cannot remember. I think the last time I took a nap, I was pregnant with our youngest daughter. Okay. So and I was about six years ago. eight months pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, five, six and I years was ago. so tired. I think that's the last time I took a nap. Well, that's you got to get going. I got to do. You're this. a highly productive person now. Could you imagine if you incorporated some naps into your life? Oh my gosh, I would have superpowers at that point. Forget about it. <laughs> so, let's go into the history. Let's go talk about naps. Let's talk about some famous people who uh, took naps mm-hmm. and how they took naps. Right. Then you're going to go into the science. We're going to talk about what happens to your brain mm-hmm. when you take a nap, and then we're going to action plan this thing, and we're just going to sit around like kitty cats. And nap all day. This day in history. I'm bringing back the Latin. Yeah, you are. And this Latin is really hard. Yes. Okay, you ready? The Latin for nap is conquistamus. Oh. Conquistamus. Conquistamus. Close enough. Yep. So next time you're at a fancy party and someone says, I'm going to go settle down for a conquistamus. And you say, oh, Oh. okay, well, he's going to go take a nap. All right. Wow, I would go fancy. like, oh, he's going to go have a snack. Yeah. Where's this so, guy going? So we're going to talk about history uh, real quick. So everybody, we probably nap forever. Like we see it throughout our history and our ancestry and our evolution, right? So we're not going to get into yeah, that. The, but We napped forever. But we'll talk about siesta. Yeah. The oh, siesta. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this originated in Spain. The word came from Spain. It originated in that area. Right. And it was a nap during the middle of the day. And usually is because the middle of the day is really hot. And it's hard to work in the middle of the day, especially if you're a farmer. Right. So you wake up super early, you farm during 
the morning times, it gets hot. You go and you take a siesta in the shade. You take a nap in the shade. And then you come back rejuvenated for the afternoon and you work again. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then this kind of translated into like northern Spain and Chile and some other South American countries Mm -hmm. where it's not really hot during the middle of the day. So they decided a lot of times there they don't go home and they don't take a nap, but they go home and have like a long lunch with family and friends. And, uh, oh, I like that. Yeah, and, and just get rejuvenated for the rest of the day. Well, where were we at on our honeymoon? And it was, we went into town and it was a ghost town and everybody was watching, like, as an entire town, soccer. Well, that was the World Cup. We, we went to oh, Mexico okay. during the World Cup. Oh, and that's and what was happening. And as stupid Americans, we didn't realize what the World Cup was at the time. Yeah. We were just young Is kids. that what that was? That wasn't a siesta type No, that situation. wasn't a No one was, like, leaving for a siesta. Everybody was watching the World Cup. Mexico oh. was playing somebody. So, and we're like, oh, why is everybody gone? I want to buy blankets, you know? <laughs> so, we don't. <laughs> yeah, we bought blankets. No, we don't. Love All right, here we go. Be ready for, we're going to go over eight famous nappers in history. Number one, yeah. Margaret Thatcher, your, oh. your friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, yeah. We're buddies. Yeah. We go she, way back. The Iron Lady, renowned British prime minister. Mm-hmm. She worked 20 hour days. Oh. So people just thought she was, you know, to the grindstone, working all the time. All crazy. Not so much. She took naps almost every day. She'd take a, a short snooze every yeah, but day. she's still working, even if that, that nap's an hour long, she's still working 19 hours, so she's still... No, I, but no, she, they, but like during that 20-hour span where she's not sleeping at night, oh. she's taking a few naps or oh, a I nap see. during that time. Thomas Edison, the, the same thing, he touted, I only sleep three to four hours a night, but he took like two to three hour naps in the middle of the day. Yeah, it's not. That's just sleeping a normal amount, just breaking it up. Yeah. Mr. Edison. Yeah. And he invented the light bulb, which broke all of our circadian rhythms. So Thanks, he, Edison. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Salvador Dali, he was uh, a painter. He took naps that no, lasted no longer than a single second. He called them micro naps. What? That's yep. not. Yeah, he'd sit in a chair. I know for a fact your brain can't do that. Even. But. You can, well, this is what they did. So he sat in a chair and okay. he would hold a metal key between his thumb and his uh, index finger. Oh. And the moment he fell asleep, the key would drop and it'd make a noise and it'd wake him up and he would feel revitalized and he'd go oh, back to work. Oh, okay. I kind of like that. The micronap. You know who all, also did that? Who? Albert Einstein. Oh, did so he? So if really? Einstein did it, it's got to be like smart. It's got to so be. So he'd use like a spoon or a pencil and mm-hmm. he'd hold it in his hand and the second he fell asleep, it'd fall and he'd wake up and he'd be ready to work again. Really? Yep. I don't think that's very good for you, but hey, you never know. Uh, John F. Kennedy. Oh, Kennedy. He took a midday nap almost every day. Did he? And Jackie Kennedy would snuggle up into bed with him. Oh, couple naps. Yep. So she'd like leave her, her stuff during her day and they'd do a little couple nap. I like that. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to keep it on the Disney PG style yes, Kennedy and, family. And yes. just say that was really cute of them. <laughs> All right. Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah, I like the I like the Roosevelt. Yeah, whatever she she does, she does. She's amazing. So she do this prior to her pe- uh, to her public speaking engagements. Oh, that's smart. So when she'd feel revitalized, refreshed, and like she's starting her time right then. Right. Winston Churchill. Uh huh. British Prime Minister. He's during, a big deal. Yeah, he's a big deal. Um, you know, goes down in infamy. Uh, not really. That's his speech. But he would take a two hour long nap every day, and then he'd get a third shift, and a third shift is work around eleven p.m. So he'd oh. start like a shift of work around 11 and work pretty much into the night. Oh, that's interesting. He even kept a, a bed in the House of Parliament, so he never missed a nap. So if he oh. couldn't make it home, he uh-huh. could sleep in the House of Parliament. Oh, smart. Yeah. Da Vinci. Da Vinci was an alien. 
pure and simple. He really was, guys. So he slept 15 minutes every four hours. That's it. Yeah. He so was he didn't like sleep at night and just and wake up during the day, maybe take a nap. Every four nap. hours, he'd take like a 15 minute break and sleep. What? Throughout the night. He worked more throughout the night than he did the day, probably because of the heat again. Oh, you know, that's fair. Back yeah. in the day. But 15 minutes, that's not enough to get through all your rhythms. I, I know. That's why he probably didn't need rhythms because he was alien. a gill breathing alien or something. For sure. So anyway, that was it. That was my, my, um, my, my uh, history. I like that. It came from a very well-renowned source. What was it? An article from the mattress firm. So we know <laughs> it's legit. From mattress firm? Yeah. So okay. verify. I verified some okay. of these and some of these are pretty good. So I think they're all from real sources. But just so you know, don't go off quoting this and have some scholar tell you that you're, you're full of it. Hey, listen, based on mattress firm? Disclaimer, this was for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> So, all right. So that's, that's all I got for the history segment. Mm -hmm. Very soft history. Yeah. And it's history channel history, like ancient alien style. We don't know if it's really true or not. We're still making money, but. We're making, yeah. The history channel is making tons of money on ancient aliens. It's fringy a little. It's very fringy. Um, But let's go into the science. And yours is more, I'm guessing, robust from actual universities. And we'll talk about what happens to your brain when you take a nap. Okay, so the eight-hour night of sleep is a very, very new thing. Because of our light bulbs or because... I didn't look into the history. Uh, um, television scheduling? Well, <laughs> kind of. No, but this idea that we work during all during the day and then we have we block out eight hours at night for sleep is not something that we naturally should do. Like our bodies don't naturally do that. And it's a new thing. We talked about that during the early morning wake up or the sleep one, I believe mm-hmm. where, where this is kind of like an industrial revolution kind of, kind of thing where factory workers would work during the day or, or whatever it was because you had light because you didn't have yes, like yeah. electricity. You would have light to work. And so you work a lot during the day. Once it gets dark, then you can go home and sleep because there's, there's not no much lights, to do. But yeah. a lot of them like colonial days and, you know, Europe back in the day in the, the medieval times, they'd wake up in the middle of the night and they'd do something. Yes. They'd have yeah. that break. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. so a very new thing. So your body actually has sleep cycles in that 60 to 90 minutes. And um, you have about, f- if you're keeping in this eight hour, you have five to six cycles, but they don't have to be consecutive. That's why the Da Vinci was okay. If he just, maybe he's got fast cycles. Yeah. I don't know. I, 60 it, to 90 minutes though, but you can break those up. So you can have like two, two cycles, three cycles, no, wake you, up for a while. No, cause you have to, so you have stage one, which is your lights, light stage of sleep like that. Yeah. Four to 5%. You have stage two, which is 45 to 55. So you spend a good chunk of your time in this. And this is when your body temperature, um, starts to drop your heart rate, breathing slows, everything starts to just be mellow, but you're not like in that solid sleep state. Um, stage three is that four to six percent, which is slow delta waves. So you're starting to enter deep sleep. Um, when we get to stage four, that's twelve to fifteen percent, and that is when we hit that consistent delta wave, like very deep sleep. This is this REM? No, uh, oh. you actually hit REM at stage five, but you are very deep sleep at that point where your your entire body is involved in slowed, and your brain. And I'll tell you what your brain does here in a second, but your brain changes what it's doing all together, like it becomes um, completely involved in the sleep. And then stage five would be that REM, and that's about 20 to 25%. And um, that's when you start to dream. 
Okay. So you were like in the sinkhole of sleep at that point. But, but, and, and maybe he just rapid cycled like through these stages, but it really, I mean, it's 60 to 90 is a pretty standard way. And I, I, everybody's different. There may, might be people that take 120 minutes to get into through these different stages. Um, and others that maybe it's 30, but 15 seems pretty short. It's Da Vinci though. So yeah. He just, okay, yeah. So, so you have those, you have those stages Yep. and then five stages is a like cycle of sleep. It's a full cycle of sleep, okay. which and should take you about 60 to 90 minutes. So you can, you can block those cycles, right? Yes. So you don't have to get like five or six in a row. Nope. You could do like one and then stop and then one and then stop. Right. Well, if okay. we're, cause we're, it, how we think of it now is if we're blocking out a night, an eight hour night, you're doing about five to six of these cycles consecutively, but really you are, you move through all of these cycles over and over. That's where we're waking up and we're tossing and turning. Right. And, and we think we're getting bad sleep and but, we probably are because we're not completing these cycles. We're getting interrupted. Right. But in the same way, you are going to go back to stage one. You're going to kind of be restless a little bit and then recycle through the stages. So it's not necessarily that you're waking up all through the night. You're going to have about five to six wake-ups in an eight-hour block anyway. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. Um, even if you are sleeping well, even if you hit REM and you're dreaming and all of that's really working out well for you, um, you are going to run through the stages over and over. And so um, naturally your body wants to do this. And so the idea of the nap... Is to get a cycle in. Yeah, to get a, a full cycle in. And that's why I think the key thing wouldn't make much sense because the second that you were like hit maybe stage three, you would wake up. You'd wake up. Which yeah. is, there is merit in that. Sure. Like, okay. And getting something. So you don't have to get the full cycle, but if you get that full five stages, yeah. it's more effective on your body and your brain. Yes, okay. exactly. So, so when we get an adequate amount of sleep slash we take a nap, um, memory, and it seems to affect memory the very most. Um, so what happens is when we have something happen to us, we develop a memory, right? This goes into the hippocampus. And the thing with the hippocampus is that that memory is still very fragile and it's easily forgotten. So it can be rewritten relatively easily. So, but what happens, especially if you're trying to memorize more stuff or have more memories, okay. it, it just, you're, you're not going to keep all of that. Right. Right. Um, so then let's say you take a nap, what seems to happen is that it takes all of that memory from the hippocampus and it pushes it into the neural cortex, which is long-term memory. So, Oh, so that's why after you sleep, after studying something or learning something, it ingrains in your brain. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because it actually gets pushed into that long-term memory and it's not forgotten. Now, the risk with that, like let's say you fall asleep and um, all of that is sitting in your hippocampus, there might be things that don't get written into long term. And that's why we need to continue to study and make Just sure. Just gets flushed. Yeah, because like it might not. I think of it as little guys in there, but they're like, this isn't relevant. And then they get rid of that piece like of Like in, Inside Out. Yeah. When they're doing the long term or they're clearing memories, right? Yeah. And they're just like, but they keep the gum commercial. Right. Right. So yeah. like it's the perfect. most ridiculous things. But but that's the idea is that we want to take those memories from the hippocampus and move it into the neural uh, cortex. And we do that best with sleep. Okay. Right. Do we and, do anything else? Like, do we need to do like squats? <laughs> or no. yoga? Well, I or mean, do, do anything general do we do like, is good. Do you like flex your hippocampus? Like right mm. now I'm doing like a scrunchy face. Yes, I know. <laughs> what do, is there any way to like increase no. that or just we... No, but, but hitting any of those stages of sleep seem to assist in that process. Okay. Now everybody has different memory systems roughly 
Like everybody's a little different. And so it might take a longer nap or it might need, you might need to take in that information three different times before it hits the neural cortex. But the idea is that we're taking this very fragile memory and we're pushing it back and sleep is the jam. And it's the same thing with EMDR. You're replicating this REM cycle. No, for those who don't know, EMDR oh, yeah. is a therapy modality. Yeah, so eye movement desensitization reprocessing where um, we have bilateral stimulation, um, like tappers in one hand and they alternate. It's like you get a buzz in one hand, you get a buzz in the other. Yes. Or you have a light bar that goes back and forth so your eyes mm-hmm. move. Because and then it, you process trauma or whatever yeah. issue you're, you're working on while yeah, doing it, this stimuli. It cycles through that memory and then it can strip away like emotional content and all of that. You still have the memory. But so it, it that's what we're doing with EMDR is very similar to when we hit REM sleep and in napping. Oh, okay. So we're, we're, so we're, ma- we're manipulating the memory system, essentially. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, obviously napping is incredible for um, if you're trying to learn something. Um, students need to nap more. People who are trying to take in information need to nap more. And, and what's really interesting is that, so the University of Cambridge did this really awful study to their grad students where they had a, a computer screen and then um, vertical or horizontal lines would flash. And then the grad student had to put down whether it was vertical or horizontal. And they had to do this 1,250 times. Okay. Which is the most mind-numbing, awful, burnout kind of thing. Because they were trying to replicate this burnout of the brain. So what they found is that at the halfway point, if they let people take a nap, and even like a 5 to 10 minute nap, not... Um, a full 60 to 90 minutes, the the grad student would go back to the accuracy of the first five times they did it. Whoa. So we're talking the micro nap with the metal key or the spoon is actually valid. It's actually valid. Okay. Because by that time, you've already done it 500, 600 plus times. Okay. And your, your, accuracy dip, your accuracy dips significantly. But you take this little nap and then you can go back to your original accuracy. That is insane. That's pretty incredible. Right? So your brain literally rejuvenates these pieces and is able to be ready to go. And, and that's why it makes sense to do it before a speech or something. Because you're like, boom, I got this. Yeah. Right? So um, just to give you an idea of what is happening in the brain. So the left part of the brain um, takes time to off to relax okay the gen- generally the left side of your brain now that all of the components of your brain cannot be broken down into left and right and everybody communicates but right. what they sh- what they see is that the left side of the brain um dims in activity because that's because it's the most stimulating for like logic and learning and, and stuff like that it houses a lot of those things right right and then um the right side is clearing out the temporary storage areas so it's taking all of this information that's sitting in the hippocampus and moving it back into the cortex. Like the, the right side of the brain seems to be cleaning because it actually increases in activation. Really? Yeah. So um, as it's doing this, the brain seems to alternate through this. The deeper sleep you are, the more uh, difference there is between activity in the left and the right side of the brain. But they seem to come in waves where like... The left brain, will, and it seems to coordinate with the stages of sleep. So let's say that you're, you enter stage one, the left side of your brain starts to activate more, the right side dims out a little bit, and then as you, you kick down the different stages into stage five, left side of the brain is di- like diminishing, mm-hmm. right. and the right side is activating. Really? Yeah, and, and the brain is obviously compl- like incredibly complicated. Right. And so, I mean, this is a bit of an oversimplification, but in those general areas, having your brain take turns and to be able to, to 
rejuvenate it. Yeah, to rejuvenate. And that's where it take it starts taking on, you know, repairing cells and doing all these really amazing things in your brain is when you're asleep. Crazy. And a nap can get that for us. Yes, it can. It doesn't have to be an eight hour sleep during the night. And it doesn't even have to be 60 to 90. I mean, ideally you hit a full cycle in that system, but you could take this five to 10 and still get benefit from it. Okay. So yeah. here you go. So there's the science behind behind sleeping and the science behind napping. Cool, huh? I had no, I had no clue a bunch about a bunch of that stuff. Sorry, I stuttered right there. I had no clue. So it's pretty interesting. So when you're about stuff. to go to sleep, think about how your left brain's going. Oh, I'm so tired. They're like working together. Yeah, they're like a team, little buddies, a little team. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, let's go into a quick coffee segment and then let's bring it back and talk about how we can incorporate naps into a very busy and professional schedule. Yes. I drink. Pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee Trying to keep my sleepy soul awake But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes You ready? I'm so ready. I've got a coffee segment for us. Let's do it. So in line with taking naps and sleep, mm-hmm. we're going to go over kind of the paradoxical effect of caffeine. Oh, yay. Yeah. I love this. So kind of the, we're going to do paradoxical effect and then also why we get tired after coffee. Oh, okay. So some people get a paradoxical effect and they think it might have to do with ADHD. Yeah. Because ADHD people, they get a stimulant mm-hmm. for their medication. They and do. It helps them focus. Well, caffeine is a stimulant. Right. So if you drink your coffee and you're either more focused or even tired, mm-hmm. it's because it overstimulates that brain and lets you focus. Right. So, but one thing for the normal people, I, I don't think I have got ADHD, but you never know. Uh, so coffee blocks adenosine. Okay. So adenosine is a key compound in our brain for our sleep-wake cycles. Yes. So you wake up during the day and you start producing adenosine and it starts building up in your brain. Oh, and by uh-huh. the end of the day or when you need a nap, adenosine is flooded in your brain and on your receptors, making you tired. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So what happens though is caffeine blocks those adenosine receptors. Oh, that butthead. So not only do you have a bunch of adenosine flowing in your brain, yeah. you also create new adenosine receptors. So now you what? are like adenosine heavy, like just ready to go. You've got the gun, it's cocked and loaded, you know, right. and it's ready to fire. And then all of a sudden the caffeine wears off and flushes through your system. And that adenosine just floods into your receptors oh, and so you, you crash. get crash. Oh, wow. That makes sense. So that's yeah. why, hey, four hours after my coffee, I got to have another cup of coffee because I got to block those adenosine receptors. Oh, wow. Interesting, huh? That's the next weird. one uh, they think is, is a diuretic. But mm-hmm. studies show that it's a diuretic initially, but not any more than any other kind of beverages. Oh, really? So it, it like makes you pee right away. Right. But then it doesn't continually like drain your body of your fluid. Mm. So, but, but being dehydrated can make you tired. Yes. And then the last one is if you put sugar in your coffee. Oh. So we all know from, you know, when sugar goes in your body, when simple sugars go in your body, Uh they're absorbed super fast. Yes. And then they're either used or they're stored. They go through your liver and they, and they're either turned into fat or they're used by your cells. Okay. Right. Yeah. So once that process is done, which doesn't take very long, your body is tired. Oh, because you I don't see. have any more. That's why fibrous carbohydrates. Yeah, they take a long time to digest in your in your system. 
right? Right. So you get energy and blood sugar throughout that digestive system. Oh, because it's balanced. Yep. Yeah. Fats and proteins, they have different mechanisms for creating energy for your body. So that's why if you just eat candy, you have like these these crashes. And you have to keep eating candy. And you got to keep eating the candy. Like you have to keep the right. sugar on board or else you crash. Oh, right. that is incredibly interesting. So, so by having your coffee, you are creating a situation that you'll be maybe not more tired but certainly incredibly tired when that get dumps out you probably will be more tired because because instead of the adenosine building up slowly over the day right and connecting to the receptors that are there mm-hmm. you're essentially blocking all those receptors building new receptors right stockpiling adenosine and then having it flood your system when the caffeine clears wow so that's why you get the coffee crash that makes so sense. if you get that, some people are more sensitive to it. There's, okay. a, there's a gene that makes you more sensitive to it. Okay. So if you do have that, then maybe it's a good idea to switch to decaf. You know, and like you said, if you drink your coffee first thing in the morning, you're probably brought blocking good cortisol production. Yes, yeah. That gets your day going. Right. I notice that if I drink coffee right off the bat, mm-hmm. I'm amped and ready to go, mm-hmm. but I have a big crash. And if I wait like an hour before drinking my coffee, I think I get that cortisol production going. Right. I feel a little bit rejuvenated and then I can have a cup of coffee and I don't get that crash. Oh, smart. As, as easily. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's getting to know you and how your body reacts to these things because right. everyone's a little more sensitive yep. or not to these things. But that's really interesting that it's not necessarily that it's giving you, it's ex- exciting your body. It's that it's blocking the ability to... S- yeah. sleep or yeah. to so be drowsy yeah so it's not even it's not even like hey i'm i got a stimulant with calf stimulate a stimulant with caffeine and now i don't have that stimulant so i'm tired right and that's it's that's not it essentially your body dips bet below where it was going to be interesting very interesting wow. this is a good study by yeah. institute health national cool. institute health but anyway that's like our coffee segment nice nice and easy yeah don't stop drinking coffee if you don't want to right because we we survive on coffee oh my we gosh wouldn't be able to get through the day absolutely not yeah but let's go back into naps Let's talk about how to incorporate a nap into a busy schedule. Yes. Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. Hit me with some action plan. All right, here we go. So set a time every day um, that you're going to take a nap. Oh, okay. Every single day. What if my, what if my, my schedule is too busy? You got to figure it out. So like middle of the day, like during lunch break at work or after work? Yeah, you got to figure out something. So um, it... We want to, what we want to look at is we want to see when you get tired. I'm guessing after lunch for pretty much everybody. Because you get that really delicious meal in your tummy mm-hmm. and every, everything's exciting. The coffee is worn off. Like it's a, it's a perfect storm for a nap. So, so just talk to your boss and be like, hey, I've got a productivity program that I'd like to implement. I, we're going to get a little box of milk and a graham cracker oh. and we're going to lay down on our mats yeah, we're gonna, and we're going to take a little nap. I think that's wonderful. It'd Actually, be nap time. It, it would probably make the afternoon way more productive. For it would your, be amazing. Well, no, but really, and especially if you have a little box of milk and a graham cracker, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that makes things better. Yeah. But um, but in all seriousness, um, if you have a break or something at work that you can take consistently, this is when the nap would happen. Even if you're doing this only for 15 minutes, like you're going to your car and you're taking a quick quick nap. Yeah. Okay. I think it'd be hard to nap in your car. What? The car is the best place to nap. What do you mean? Turn on your heated seats if you got them. Oh, I guess that's you true. You turn on some some Ulrich music, music the produces what? produces tones for your brain. To go oh, to sleep. okay. I'm like, I don't is know this what it's like, I think it's old, like, that. like Latin something I don't understand. Yeah, Latin music. You know, not like like South American Latin, but like 
ancient yeah. Italy Latin. Yeah, they, yeah. they were they were big musicians. They were, and okay, it was all could, recorded. We're way off track. Here we go. <laughs> so you want to have set a, a time for your nap and making consistent. The reason being is that your body falls into patterns. And, and like with bedtimes, how I want your bedtime to be consistent. I want your wake up time to be consistent. There's no such thing really as sleeping in because it just messes up sleep, sleep cycles, that kind of thing. Okay. I'm looking for something that you probably normally get tired around a certain amount or a certain time. You probably, um, there's certain meals that make you more tired. Um, I want you to note those kind of things. And when you seem to crash midday. Um, lunchtime, people tend to, you know, still be productive. The most typical crash is from two to three. Okay. And, and I would assume that's around coffee and it's post lunch and everybody kind of loses steam a little bit. Um, but everybody's a little different. Everybody's work schedule is different. So finding a time that you can take every single day to at least take like that 10 to 15 minute nap would be wonderful. Okay. Don't sleep too long. This is called sleep inertia. And basically, it is way worse than sleep deprivation. Like your brain is unable to recalibrate to our normal state. It's, it's, it's a lot like having a hangover. Everything's foggy. You're unable to process as well. And you're just kind of feeling like you're in a haze. It's like when you sleep in, like when you sleep in too long. Yes. When you sleep in too long, it, it just your brain can't come back from it. So we, there is a perfect amount of sleep. So some people can nap too long. Because some people can take a couple hour nap. No problem. And they feel rejuvenated. If if I attempted a two hour nap, I think it would devastate my day. Okay. Like I don't I don't think I could do it. So you need to build up to that. It's, just a, it's an the, advanced it's technique. Not, it's not an advanced technique. <laughs> Everybody's brain is different. Just figure out what, what this is length science, of nap honey, works for you. Science. Science. Got yeah. It. So um so figuring out what the best version of that is for you, and then um going for it. I don't know. Just <laughs> so go the for action it. plan is to go, go for, for it. it. Well, set, set up the situation so that you can take your nap. Maybe so get, you your, some, get your snuggie. Get your get snuggie. Your, yeah. Have some tea. Make the room nice and warm and dark. Whatever you got to do, set it don't up. Don't turn on the TV. And it, don't turn on the TV. Don't look at your phone. Don't do any of the blue light stuff. I want it to be completely like you're in a cave and you're cozy and you're just going to take a little nap. Okay. Right. So you're going to go for that. And as we are doing this, I want you to note what's going on, like if you feel cozy, if you feel socially awkward, whatever it is, and recognize that you don't have to hit a full five-stage sleep cycle to get the benefit of it. Like that study you were yeah. talking about. Okay. Yeah, so you can still take that five to ten and only hit you know, one through three or even one through two where you're just kind of being. But right? you'll be rejuvenated. Your brain will get a chance yes. to slow down. Because I don't know that I can take a nap. Me, for, for just in general just in, you can't like take a, a nap. midday nap i don't know how y'all do it like, that's that's a terrible attitude you need a can-do attitude you need to say i'm gonna be the best napper the world has ever seen <laughs> margaret thatcher step aside i'll have a little picture of her there's a new iron lady <laughs> yeah you have a picture have a picture, picture of, of her above your napping bed i'll have like champion music was that eye of the tiger yeah that was the tiger yeah you're welcome yeah so so just go and take a nap it's gonna be amazing get your margaret thatcher picture go for it and just even attempt just relaxing so set yourself up for success yep by no tv the right right conditions yeah and then just take a nap and make sure it's consistent because the first few times you might just be sitting there thinking for 15 minutes yep be like that didn't work right before long if you if you kind of set this up you'll eventually start taking some naps yep all right well get out there start taking naps and build a better you thanks guys